Halashing for Halas? Want to braai or fine dine? Stay tuned to Hi FM on 101.9 Tuesday mornings from 11 a.m. for SN Fresen, where it's all about the food. Good morning, welcome. You're listening to Adrian Bugatti, and I've got Sharon Lurie with me again today. We're going to be doing this tag team for a while. I think we both enjoy it, and hopefully you do too. Um, lots of ideas. We cook very differently. We live very differently. Um, you know, and I just think the sharing of ideas just works perfectly. And the first thing we're going to be sharing ideas about, I think, is what to do with leftovers. Do you ever have leftovers? Do you always make too much? Do you have stuff left in your fridge after you've bought for a recipe and now you don't know what to do with it? Sure. What do you do with leftovers? When do you have leftovers? Mainly on Shabbos. <laughs> well, for most, most of us. Most, yeah. yeah. But um, I think whether it's, it's uh, recycled, revamped, whatever they want to call it, whatever my yeah. kids call it, <laughs> there, there's actually so much that you can do with leftovers that we don't realize. I mean, mm. let's just t- talk about, let's say we're having a, a scotch fillet on Shabbos. You can turn that into cold beautiful beautiful cold meat sandwich with pickles and mustard <laughs> on challah. Nothing better. Oh, absolutely. Shabbos lunch. That's great. If you've got any brisket left over, <laughs> you just leave it in your hot pot and have hot beef on rye the next day. That's also beautiful. Mm. Nice cabbage salad. Um, you could take your scotch fillet if there's enough of it left over and make chinchada out of it and have that Saturday night. Say Shabbos, you nice. can have it or you can have it for Sunday lunch. That's also lovely. I mean, it's so many people have different recipes for trinchada. Mm. You know, everybody has their own thing. Basically, it's it's a Portuguese um, flavor which you're looking for. So you would, shall I quickly give you a recipe that Absolutely. I Absolutely. Okay. So it's two large white onions sliced, two to three hot chilies chopped. Now, if you like uh, chili, you can add a little bit more. Um, peri-peri sauce, about uh, three tablespoons of peri-peri sauce. Depends on, of course, how big your... Mm. Leftovers are, <laughs> and um, you can use Nando's. You can use whatever you want. You know, it depends if you like it hot, not so hot. I love garlic, so we add a mm-hmm. lot of garlic to ours, and I just coat each piece in a little bit of flour, to, so that the gravy thickens up. Fry it again with the onions. Well, fry the onions first, then add the meat, then add the sauce to it, and um, of course you can put in. To get a lot more sauce out of it, some beef stock. Mm. Okay, you can take beef cubes and add a cup of boiling water to it, um, a cup of nice dry red wine. You can add that to it. But the most important thing, don't leave this out, bay leaves. Oh, bay leaves are a game changer. You've got to put bay leaves. What is the lady's name? But the just Portuguese cooking. I've forgotten her name. I interviewed her many years ago, and um, she was. I think she worked with Nando's as well. And she said, "People forget how mm. important bay leaves are." She said she even takes when she makes her trinchada. She puts it on a sati stick. Yeah. But the stick is the bay from the bay leaf tree. She oh, actually wow. uses that stick. So 
That's what you could do with your leftover scotch fillet. That's a nice idea. For me, that's a little bit too much work. I would have like kept it in the slow cooker and turned it into a pulled beef sandwich. <laughs> like that's me. Not I'm like very simple. Don't don't. I'm ruin simple. Scotch fillet I'm simple. Um, we don't like scotch fillet. I, I must admit, if there's scotch fillet, I'm not having leftovers. Um, you know, like somebody saw me the other day, and I was buying like a four and a half kilo piece of meat. Yes. And they're going, "Are you having visitors?" I'm going, "No." Why? There's seven of us. It's not going to be leftovers, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 it's the truth, is Shabbos lunch, if there's leftover from Friday night by Shabbos lunch it's gone. And that's even after the beautiful brocha, sure. So you know, (laughs) we don't have those leftovers and I must admit I've had to learn to really become inventive with leftovers. My family don't like leftovers at all. Most of that's why they might call it recycled mm. food. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't even tell them. Like, yeah. if I do fried rice, I'll like get this. Why did you make fried rice with fresh rice? And I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> because fried rice, there's a big de- debate, but I'll tell you now after experimenting and that, fried rice has to be day old rice. It just yes. doesn't work as nicely. Even if you make the rice in the morning and use it in the evening, it's not the same. So you're listening to Sharon and Adrian and we're talking leftovers. Chalashin for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. You're listening to Adrian and Sharon and we'd like you to join the conversation. So send us an SMS at 34519 or a telegram on 061-895-1019. Or you can call the studio on 087-055-1818. And we're talking things like leftovers. Now, Sharon was just saying, well, what do I do with my leftovers? And the truth is, as I said, it's not often I have leftovers anymore. When the kids were growing up, I would often have leftovers. And my kids do not like leftovers. The only person who eats leftovers generally is my husband. And he'll take them to work. But he doesn't always get time to eat at work, so it can often sit in their fridge there for a few days. So I've started looking at being able to use my ingredients. Say I find a recipe I really, really want to try, and it asks for coriander, but it only needs like 15 mils of coriander, and I've got fresh coriander, which comes a little bit bigger than that, like 50 grams. It's not going to, what am I going to do with the rest? So what I've started doing is finding recipes that I can make throughout the week that are going to use coriander in each of them. Or I need a half an onion. Now, being kosher, it's a little bit more difficult because if I've used the onion for a meat meal, I'm not going to be able to use it for the dairy meal. But what I can do is mark it properly in its glad wrap, sealed in my fridge, and then I know for the next meat meal, I've got the extra half. And I mean... So you'll get recipes that ask for like two tablespoons of chopped onion. Two tablespoons of chopped onion is about a half an onion if you're getting the right size onion. If you're getting tiny onions, it's a different story. But it's about a half an onion. And I've started learning to spread them out to look for recipes. Like I find the first one, now I look for ones that have that ingredient and the Google search works beautifully for that because then you just type in your ingredients and it'll come up with like a 100 recipes that have got it. So that's the first thing that I've had to learn to do. The second one I've had to learn to do is adapting recipes to fit the family size 
because currently, I think on Monday night there were three of us um, for supper, and one person, I made a mushroom stir fry, and one person doesn't eat mushrooms. So really didn't need a lot. So I used a lot less mushrooms than I needed. Um, and then the vegetables were more, and then I had to do them separately, which is a bit of a nightmare, but not, not terrible. I, there were things, at least she ate the vegetables. But it, it's starting to look at the way I do food differently. And one of the best things I've found is I now prep on like either a Sunday or a Monday morning for the whole week. So if you're doing fish, fish doesn't last long, or chicken doesn't last long. So that's going to be at the beginning of your week. And then if you've got meats that can marinate, then they go towards the end. Or something like a lasagna. You can prep those ingredients in like the beginning on a Sunday and put the thing together at the end of the week or whenever you want it for. And, And believe me, there's nothing wrong with lasagna for Shabbos. I've done that more than once. It's a beautiful, hearty, filling winter dish. Um, and when you've got young kids that are fussy eaters, lasagna goes down really well all the time. Um, so so that that's like my sort of take on how to do leftovers. But like I said, the fried rice, always used from the day before. And we do eat a lot of rice. Uh, I often do mealy pup for my starch and potatoes. And potatoes, you can... I mean, those are easy. You start the week off with, say, a boiled potato. You can turn it into mash, and then you can turn it into a roast potato. And you've used your potato three times, but you only had to cook it once. So that, for me, like anything to save time and money. But you know what my thing is? I'd never Mm. know how many roast potatoes to make. It always seems... Thank you. It always seems as though either I make too little... Oh, in my house is not no such thing. (laughs) It depends on who's dieting and who, whatever, whatever. So I found a lovely recipe Mm. because I googled. Yes. What can I do with leftover roast potatoes? And you can make lovely hash browns. Oh, that's nasty. But then, little tip: when you make your roast potatoes, make use. Big roast potatoes. Yes. Because when you want to cut them up, you don't want... Tiny little chunks, because they do shrink in that oil. Yeah. And also, you don't want um, it to be too hard. So I just fried up some onions, threw in the potato, cubed up the potatoes, rather small, threw them in, and uh, had sausages, scrambled eggs, hash browns, oh. and everybody was... Thrilled. They that, didn't that, know that sounds, no, that sounds amazing. <laughs> but how do you do your roast potatoes? Because I was taught you put the you boil your potatoes, obviously peel them, cut them in the sizes, and then I take a roasting dish um, and I pour my oil in and put it into the oven when I put the pot on with the boiling potatoes, so that the oil heats up. Right. Then I drain my potatoes, make sure they dry because if I'm going to stick wet potatoes in, I'm going to get burnt. And then I put them back in the oven and I roast them. But I know not everybody does roast potatoes that way. It depends. If I'm, if I'm in the, if I need, but oh, like this one's coming for supper or whatever and he loves his roast potatoes, I quickly, excuse my chest, it's, mm. it's still playing up. Anyway, so I take my roast potatoes and, um, normally I put them in the microwave. Okay. Then I could peel them, not until they're mushy soft. No, no, but until they're cooked. quite nice. Mm. And um, peel them. Mm. I put them in the microwave in, with the, in the skin, peel them, 
and then I, I smash them a little bit so that all the surfaces yes. is covered in oil and they're lovely and crispy and whatever. And um, then the other way, of course, is I peel them, boil them, dry them, rub them in a little bit of flour and roast them in a little bit of oil. Okay, so that's salt and pepper. Not, not pepper, sorry, salt. Okay, we do salt and pepper. Yeah, okay. <laughs> for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Pressen. It's all about the food. You're listening to Adrian and Sharon, and we'd love you to join the conversation all about stretching budgets and using leftovers in different ways. So SMS us on 34519, send a telegram on 061-895-1019, or call 087-055-1818. So Sharon, Okay. Yeah. Ve- uh, vegetables. Like, how do you do leftover vegetables? Leftover vegetables. Well, you could throw them into a soup if you want yeah. to. Um, well, that's the only way I know. <laughs> okay. But uh, another lovely way, in fact, my mother taught this to me, take your vegetables and you cover them with this, put them into a, a roasting okay. thing, dish, mm. and you cover them with this lovely sauce. Now, it's a par of sauce, so... It's, yeah. it's as easy as that. The secret to making the sauce is the perfect texture. Yes. Okay. And the texture comes from the tapioca flour, which is lovely Ooh. for those people that are gluten-free because you get a lovely, nice, thick sauce. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the tapi- tapioca almost gives it like a stretchy um, thickness, yes. a stretchy texture. And... What you do is you you can I mean you can use cornstarch or potato starch mm. or whatever, but you will need a can four hundred gram can of coconut milk, okay half a cup of water, a tablespoon of u- nutritional yeast. Now that is mm. not the yeast that you put into your challah no. or bread. Yes, that is nutritional yeast. It has a cheesy. Taste to it. Yes, it's used for vegan cheese. Vegan cheese, mm. they use that. Okay. So you need a one tablespoon of nutritional yeast, a teaspoon of salt, four teaspoons of tapioca starch or tapioca flour. So that would be a tablespoon plus a teaspoon. Mm. And half a teaspoon of garlic powder, or you can use two minced cloves if you prefer. And you just put it all together, shake it up or whisk it together. Throw it over your your vegetables, stick it in the oven, and bake it on Sunday or Monday night mm. for supper. And there's a lovely dish. You can add, obviously, you can add more vegetables yeah. to it if you don't have that many left over. Yeah. But it's just a nice. Cheesy sauce. You can also throw in a bay leaf. <laughs> well, I, I've actually just started, like, even with when I make my white sauce yes. and my cheese sauce, I've started putting a bay leaf in. And mustard like, powder. Nobody can tell you what the bay leaf does. It just does. It changes it's the flavor delicious. somehow, just gives it a richness, a depth. Yeah. I have no idea why. Um, but it has definitely changed the cooking. So the other day I was watching a YouTube chat video on gravies and sauces and they did a comparison between you know we learned the slurry with the maizena or the potato starch and cornstarch and water and then your pan drippings and all that versus making a white sauce and adding the pan drippings to that 
Uh-huh. And they were showing the difference. Like the one chef, these are both professional chefs. He kind of likes the slurry, but he does also like processed foods. So, yeah, his taste is a little suspect. But um, they were showing like they were saying like the the slurry sauce is the one that we know the gravy with that gloss and that stickiness and all that. And then the bechamel, the one with the bechamel, the white sauce had this like richness and depth of flavor that was missing. And it also has a different, well, depending on how much stock you're going to add, it'll have a different mm. thickness. You can adjust the thickness easier. And they said also you were less likely to get the clumps of corn flour if you do the white sauce. Because with the corn flour, we tend to add, I don't know about you, but you make your slurry, you add it, and you suddenly look and you go... Don't know if I have enough in and you get lazy and just pour the cornstarch in. Now you've got to get rid of the lumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that does present a problem. But I like the idea of being able to put a sauce over stuff to change it. It definitely yeah. does make a difference. Well, definitely. I, mean, I must tell you, I have a little cheats thing mm. for my for my, my gravy. Um, not only do I use Bisto as well. Oh, absolutely. Thickens it up, and I use a beef stock and some water. And if you mm. want to be really fancy, you can add a little bit of red wine. But sometimes the colour just isn't right. No, it seems great. Yeah, pale. <laughs> so I bought this Stafford's browning sauce. Oh, it's t- fantastic! You start off with a, just like a capful, or just like a few little drops because it's really dark. And you have a wonderful dark gravy, so which is, I like. Is that, is that similar to like the H? Well, I know the British call it brown sauce, brown sauce, no, no, but no, HP no. sauce. No, it's not. It has no flavor. It's no just flavor. Coloring. Oh wow! It's a coloring. Okay. And you can add it to any sauce. In fact, I even made bolognese the other night, and I wasn't happy yeah. with the color. Mm. Added that. Oh, such beautiful! A, my husband oh. walked in. He says, oh, the Color looks perfect. I felt like saying you should only know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's my little cheat. <laughs> no, it's a brilliant cheat. Just I like that. Used to everything. Everything, yes. You know, you just sometimes that color is not right. Yeah, because I often use Bisto for that. Like besides the flavor, just the flavor right. additive, it does give you a brown color. But you would need to add quite a lot to get a decent brown. Right. Um, or you got to like really cook yeah. your stuff well, down. This is... Brilliant. So I did with my leftover vegetables, I made a lasagna, vegetable lasagna, yes. which was easy. Um, this time I actually made the tomato sauce or the pasta sauce. I had, we've got tomatoes growing in my garden. No idea where from, never planted a single one, but they're like 20 tomatoes and they're like Wonderful. on the edge of going over. So pop those in and I, like I said, I'm a lazy cook, so I didn't peel them. I just, you know, took the brown core off, mm. plucked the whole thing into a pot with a can of tomato and onion <laughs> and a bit of tomato paste and salt and lemon juice just to change the flavor, to brighten it up a bit. And I made a beautiful sauce, tossed the vegetables in with it. And that was my main sauce. So the white sauce, your pasta, your vegetable sauce. And it's delicious. And I was able to make two, so I did one where I did the vegetables and tuna, and one where I did the vegetables without tuna, because I've got people who don't eat fish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but that was like a tiny little lasagna. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else ate the big one. And I just found that being able to add your vegetables, like to get rid of, do something with them before they start to grow stuff in the back of your fridge, you know, and also 
to teach people that waste is not necessary. I do remember at one stage doing a whole series, oh, must have been about 2018 or so, so it's a long time ago, where we used the vegetables for your normal vegetables, but I used the peelings to make a soup. Mm-hmm. And it was just to show that it is just as nutritious, in fact, probably more so than throwing all that stuff away if you're not composting. And I'm certainly not composting. If I look at the flower, it drops dead. So that was like a big thing for me was learning to change my mindset to leftovers and just renew them, change them up. And what I'll often do with that is like say that lasagna, I would have, I could have put it in the freezer, put it there till I've forgotten that I actually made it from leftovers and brought it out. And you've always got a freezer meal. Right. So that, that's my, like, thing. And, and there's no really recipe for my lasagna. It literally is, it, you can buy a bottle of pasta sauce and just mix your vegetables in, heat them through and right. use that. Uh, you know, that, that is my easiest one. And you know what, with summer here now, um, mm. it's lovely to have salads. Yes. And you can take those vegetables that are left over and the next day you can just roast it or whenever. Mm. And, uh, that's right. Mm. Just add a couscous vegetable of, salad. Correct. And Stunning. It's as easy as that. I mean, your leftover chicken, make a beautiful chicken salad. So for me, my leftover chicken. Yeah. Is chicken pie. Nice. But a <laughs> very easy chicken pie. And I would also probably use the, 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 um, the carcass into my soup, soup. because I don't right. use a lot of stock. So I've got a chicken pie using specifically that. And you can either use your leftover vegetables or you just use your frozen vegetables as part of the filling. And it's a deep dish pie. It's bought pastry. If you really want to, you can make your own puff pastry, but mm, I haven't got time for that. <laughs> so it's, Two cups of diced cooked chicken, and really, it does not matter what flavor your chicken was when you cooked it. It, it but could it's be probably nicer. from a stew. <laughs> it could be from a roast. Mm-hmm. You could have bought it at the shops and gotten one of those garlic and herb ones or Barbecue ones with ones. the rosemary on it. It doesn't make a difference. It just adds to the flavor. So keeping the skin on for me is, you know, it just gives that depth. I like the skin on, but if you really want to, you can take it off. Uh, one onion diced, garlic. Now, a trick to mince garlic is to take the small side of your box grater and grate it on that instead of trying to finely dice it or, or even buying bottled. You could use those uh, long blades. Yes. Yeah, but this one is easier because the box grater for me is always more handy than my, you know, my, my plane. Uh, what I do, and mm. it, it's something that mm. I, I told a lot of people to do and, and that is I take at least three big uh, heads. things of garlic mm. okay the heads of garlic peel them put them into a jar awesome. add a little bit of oil and absolutely. I just blend it all together and you or it doesn't go off you've always no. got garlic on tap absolutely you know I, I do that with the chili as well yeah always no. have it on tap yeah absolutely because chili goes in everything um and ginger does the same in my ginger house as well. as well. Yeah, ginger as well. So um, it's uh, two cups of chicken, Sorry, an onion, mm. garlic minced, uh, two baby marrows sliced. 
You can leave them out if you want. It's just a way to get people to eat vegetables they don't normally like. So if you've got ratatouille left over, that would make a great filling for the pie. It does change the color of the inside of the pie to a more red color than you would normally, but it's going to taste amazing. Um, 250 grams of frozen mixed vegetables, or if you've got cooked vegetables, I would say about a cup and a half to two cups of the vegetables. A quarter cup of flour, 60 grams of margarine, one and a half cups of stock, chicken stock, vegetable stock, beef stock, choice is yours, um, a half a cup of cream substitute. So I do prefer the Orly Whip because I don't like the flavor of coconut, but coconut cream works really, really well, and it goes well with chicken. Uh, one egg lightly beaten, and then a roll of puff pastry. You're going to preheat your oven to 200 and you take a deep dish, not your normal little shallow pie dish, because you're not making a layer at the bottom and then a layer at the top. This is a layer on top. Um, so quite a deep oven-proof dish that you can get. Then you're going to saute your onion, your garlic, and your baby marrows for between four and six minutes, depending on if you're working on electrical gas and load shedding. Um <laughs> And you wait till the onions are glassy. So you don't want them to burn. You don't want them to color. You're going to then add your mixed vegetables. The frozen ones are already cooked. Your leftover ones are already cooked. So there's no cooking necessary. It's just a reheating process. You're going to sprinkle in your flour and stir it so that it coats everything really, really well. And you're going to add your chicken as well at this time. And then you're going to add your stock. And you're going to cook it until it thickens, so you stir. So remember, the more flour you use, the thicker your gravy is. But when you're ready to put the pie in the oven, your gravy doesn't have to be very thick because as it cooks in the oven, it's going to thicken up even more. So it's going to be very, very nice. You can even add some bisto in if you want. You're then going to, around the edge of the dish, you're going to brush it with beaten egg. Then you're going to put your pastry the whole roll, put it on top, and you cut it slightly bigger than the edge of the dish that you're using because it shrinks when you cook. Make four holes in it so that the steam can release. Otherwise, you're going to get like a really soggy pastry. Soggy bottom. Yes. (laughs) And really, that is yuck. (laughs) You're going to brush your pastry with the egg and pop it in the oven. Now, the leftover egg can be used for stir-fried rice for the next day because one egg, it doesn't matter how big your pie is, generally you're going to have a leftover of beaten egg. So it can be used for for stir-fried rice. So it's not wasting anything. You're going to bake it in your oven for about 25 minutes because remember the stuff inside is already cooked. You just need that beautiful golden glow on the top of your pastry. Serve it and... That's it. And I got the best compliment for it the other day from an actual chef who's told me that it was the best pie he's ever eaten. So I was go. very excited about that because go. I've been making this thing for years. And, yes, I know my family loves it, mm. but, you know. It's nice to have from somebody else, too. Exactly. They left it. <laughs> exactly. So chicken leftovers are a great thing. And you can make a leftover. Uh, your salad. Yes, your salad, your shawamas. Uh, Chicken stir fry. Chicken stir But you were talking about earlier preparing for the week. Yes. Okay. And I was actually just 
thinking, like, what do I actually do? How do I prepare for the week? Do I prepare for the week? Nah, not really. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. But what I like doing is, first I've got to decide what protein I'm going to have that week. And I buy about four, five kilos of mince at a time. Okay. Yes. And if I'm going to cook it, Okay, I just I, I like to have five different options in my freezer. Yes, obviously I'm not going to have mince every single night. No, no, we can have stroganoff one night. We can have really eggs well. one night. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so what I do is I take five kilos of mince, and weekday meals are lovely for mince. They comfort meals. They family food, family meals, and the first thing I do is. I separate it into five, uh, into one kilo pack. So you can order five by one. And I make cottage pie with one, uh, Mm. bolognese sauce with the other. Um, at least, I mean, you can just take it out the freezer and then boil up your pasta. So that's another meal done. And then I do a spicy grappel mince as well, which nice. has got the garlic and the peri and the, you know, mm, and I serve yes. that on rice, sometimes with the fried egg on top. Mm. I make burgers and yes. I have those always frozen in the, in the, you know, in the freezer. Uh, I do stuffed cabbage and peppers. My family love that, as you know. And I mean, they're, they're already is five kilos gone. Yes. No, <laughs> so, it, that is, but that is but, prepping for the week and yeah. it's a brilliant idea. And it's just, you know, at least I've got five different meals that I know in my freezer. So whether mm. I spread it over five weeks or I have two mince meals in a week. But then I also you know, like to do um, uh, stroganoff. So yeah. I get that stroganoff style, style beef. Yeah. And I make stroganoff. I make uh, Chinese peppered um meals like that. Uh, what else do we do? We do... Um, Stir fry, of course, paprika, beef, all that kind of thing. But one thing that if we're talking about cooking on a budget, there is so much that you can do with mince. So much. I mean, just to rattle off a few. I mean, you can do, as I said, the the, you can do curried mince and rice. Mm. Now, you get if you have curried mince left over, make little pies, curried mince pies, curried mince. On toast, so toasted sandwiches. Yes. I love mince on toast. I haven't done it in years. I do have a meat snack, which I need to do this again one of these days. Toasted mince. I don't know why. For me, that's a comfort food. Yeah. And I, I well, forgot sloppy about it. Joes. Like sloppy joes are a great right. one. Chili con carne. Chili con carne, oh. exactly. Yeah. Um, you can do... Uh, flour tortillas and put mince inside and That's put avo and all that kind of thing on top. Um, it's just, I mean, I could carry on forever. Yes, me too. Chalashing <laughs> <laughs> for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Hi. We're talking, uh, Sharon and Adrian, and we're talking about how to prep for the week uh, use your leftovers and, and different ideas of getting yourself your budget lower, in just sticking to the plan, which I do. I know Sharon doesn't really do that. <laughs> so if you'd like to join the conversation, you can SMS us on 34519, send a telegram on 061-895-1019 or call 087-055-1818. 
Hey, sorry, excuse mm-hmm. me, can't speak. So Carol Kruger, mince on toast, my favorite. Also, jaffles with leftover mince. Now, jaffles, we here in South Africa know them as snackwidges, but it is a jaffle maker. And I actually Steel. still have the old-fashioned one that you used to do the big press with the long handles and hold it over the yeah. stove. I still have one of those. I have two. I, I'm not sure where I put it, but I do have one because I wouldn't let anyone get rid of it. But I do have the snackwidge maker. And I do. I love that. Also, minute snake steaks. Ah, oh, minute steaks on toast is a mm-hmm. great one. Now, you were saying you don't plan your week, and, but you, when you do buy, you cook I, all I your make mince. it, and then we decide. Hmm. Like, oh, so I'm a like? meal planner, and before August, when I landed up traveling, unfortunately, the war has stopped travel. I used to have to prep like that because you're gone for days at a time, and you know, mm-hmm. even though there's all grown ups in my house, it, nobody knows what to make for supper. They like run around and so you needed, you need a plan, you need that people can see, okay, tonight we're supposed to have this, so I must take it out and I must heat it up and, you know, all those kind of things. So I used to plan very carefully and what I would do, and it only takes, look, it takes a little bit longer being kosher. Um, so it took about two and a half hours to do the whole thing. I would do my meat recipes, all the meat for the week first. And it doesn't mean you're going to cook it. It means you're just going to get it ready to go when you, you take it out your fridge and stick it in an oven or in a frying pan or whatever. And then I would do my milk meals. And the way I plan it is, so for me, Mondays is always vegan. That is my challenge to my cooking self, is teach myself new recipes. So very often the kids do complain that they never see the same thing twice because there's just so many recipes to learn. Um and that, that's a big thing. But then I'll like marinate the tofu overnight from Sunday so that, and cut up all the vegetables ready for just putting in a frying pan. So whatever time load shedding is too bad, I can manage still. Besides having the gas stove, I don't have to try and prep in the dark or with a, a torch. That, that's a big thing for me. Um, mince is always, for us, mince is always on a Tuesday. So it could be, Things like if I'm going to do a bolognese, then I'll make the bolognese on the Sunday and just put it aside in a bag or in a Tupperware in the fridge, take it out on Tuesday. If I'm doing chicken, chicken has to be had by the latest Wednesday, but it's in a marinade. And the marinade always makes it last a little bit longer or I par cook it. So it's not fully cooked and then it can go to Thursday. If I'm making it for Shabbos, I won't. I'll prep everything else except the chicken. And then your beef in your sauce, in your spice, in a Ziploc bag, closed. You prep the vegetables, you put them in a separate bag, and you put them all together, and you're ready for the week. Now, being kosher is slightly different because if you want to make your marinades and stuff, sometimes you have to make the marinades yourself because they're not available kosher. Or it's like 125 mils and they cost 180 rand. Uh, so I'm not about to do that. <laughs> so I'm learning to make beautiful sauces and things from scratch. Uh, the other day, instead of buying the monkey gland sauce, I made the monkey gland sauce. Still want to know where that comes from. Uh, nobody knows. <laughs> but uh, it's just such a, a, a useful way of being able to plan your meals ahead. And then say like the coriander I was saying, because that's a good example because we buy so much because that's the size it comes in, but then you don't use all of it. Or you buy parsley and you don't use all of it. But being mm-hmm. able to plan your meals for the week means you can go, okay, well, I'm going to use coriander in this one and I'm going to co- use coriander in that one 
and maybe the third one. So you've used it in three meals. You don't have to use it in every single day. You can also freeze it, you know that. Yeah, in the ice cubes. Yeah. yeah no, like I you said, that, that, that takes a thought you know, plan. A little <laughs> tip, you're talking about um, and it steaks, a little tip. Mm. When you order your your meat, okay, mm. what you can do is you can order like, a, a shoulder bolo, which is quite yes. a big piece of meat. It is. Ask there, ask your butcher, tell him you want from that shoulder bolo, you want six or eight or whatever minute steaks, and mm. the rest you want them to cut up as stroganoff. That's a good idea. And of course, the best the best way to order your meat is just by ordering it in a four-quarter, and most of the the butcheries have got a list of how they cut up the four-quarter. Yes. And it works beautifully, and they'll, they'll tell you how much mince you can you can get out of it, you how much, uh, what what roasts you can get out of it. Yes. That's the best way to do it. No, it is, is absolutely. It's order four-quarter. So if you've got the space and, you you know, my suggestion would be, like, you know you want a four-quarter. Four-quarter lasts about a month. Uh, no, it should last a little bit longer than that. Depending depends on how big you like your meat. <laughs> yeah, depends on your family. So we only eat red meat twice a week. Uh, so, you know, mine would mm. last at least three months. Right. Um, but you can order the four quarter and it would go absolutely beautifully if you've got the space, have it cut up in the way you want it. If you're feeling really energetic and have the equipment, you can make your own mince. Um, I have tried once to make my own bourgeois. I'll let the butcher do it. Thank you exactly. very much. Exactly. You know, it, it tasted amazing. It was beautiful. I loved the recipe that I came up with and the spices. But standing there and trying not to get that fake skin to break, not to break while you're stuffing the sausage or not to explode out or, you know, it just was too much work. So we won't be doing that one again. <laughs> well, you know, a Thursday night is normally, okay, Wednesday night is chicken night. Okay, we love breasts. Mm. Uh, we breast people. So it's always it's either crumb schnitzel or peri-peri strips or uh, pesto chicken, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But Thursday night is always egg night, and mm. I don't eat eggs. Oh. But I've worked out a very a simple way of handling that. So I make Ian his uh, omelette and whatever, mm. and he loves his kippers. Yes. I only make that maybe once in three months, the kippers. Mm. Anyway, I can't blame you. the smell in the house. <laughs> anyway, I always get my fish ready cooked. I buy, that's mm. the only thing I do buy out is my, my fish. Anyway, so what... Ian makes um, biltong, which he sells yes. and delivers on mm. every Friday. And Thursday night, it's always just that slightly, still slightly you, wet. Oh, I love that. And he and he cuts them up for me, and I have a beautiful biltong bagel. Mm. That's my best. Oh, stunning. <laughs> so he has his egg, I have my biltong, and I'm happy. And as you say, Friday night, well, we go straight back to our roasts and yeah. our, our fancy your More, bigger dinner. A bigger dinner, yeah. So I worked out for Shabbos. Um, okay, first of all, eggs. My family have told me eggs are only for breakfast. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you know, I could eat eggs any time you give them to me. I'm quite happy with that. Um, savory or sweet. So that's my thing. But then I do Friday night. Have you ever worked out what a simple Friday night dinner costs you? I have. And it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. And part of it is our fault. Because we need to, we, 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 we have this, um, need to be in control of everything. And we can also say to people, 
you know, yeah. my, which we do now. My sister-in-law yeah. will do the starters. This one will do the, yeah. the fruit. So that, that was the one thing that I had to learn yeah. to adjust and get rid of the million courses. So we, we do soup, we do a main course and we do dessert and I worked out it's a thousand rand. Minimum. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. You're listening to Adrian and Sharon, and we'd love you to join the conversation about leftovers and odds and ends and saving money. So SMS us on 34519, Telegram 061-895-1019, or call 87 055 1818. So, we've just been asked about chicken recipes. So, mm. chicken recipe, what have you got on yours? Okay, I actually got a wonderful one, which we made, I made the other night, and that was great. It's, you'll need about 750 grams of chicken breast. I'm going to talk quickly because yes. we're running out of time. Um, it's basically what it is is a fried, crispy fried chicken. And then you pour a sauce over, but you've got to serve it immediately because otherwise it starts to lose its crispiness. Otherwise you can, you can fry it quickly and put it in the oven on a low temperature just to keep it crispy. Take it out and then pour the sauce over and Bob's your auntie. Okay. So it's 750 grams of chicken breast cut into like, I don't know, three centimeters square cubes. Um, two eggs beaten, a little bit of salt and pepper to taste, half a cup of all-purpose flour. If you want to keep it gluten-free, then you can use a gluten-free flour or you can use potato starch. But you also need half a cup of corn starch. Um, you can use, instead of the potato flour as well, you can use rice flour, which really makes it Mm. Lovely and crispy. Okay, and you put your boneless chicken uh, pieces, your your chicken breast into that, and so that, uh, first of all you mix it. Sorry to to form a a paste, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, and then um, right. So you leave, put it in there, and you leave it sort of to absorb all the lovely flavors, and then you make up your sauce. Okay, and your sauce is. A tablespoon of vegetable oil, a teaspoon of minced fresh garlic, quarter of a cup of honey, a third of a cup of soy sauce, reduced, the reduced sodium one is better, a third of a cup of ketchup, tomato sauce, three tablespoons of brown vinegar, two tablespoons of rice vinegar, I suppose if you haven't got rice you could use um, apple cider or just a white yeah, vinegar, just plain. a tablespoon of toasted sesame oil, two teaspoons of cornstarch, two tablespoons sesame seeds, and some um, chopped, what's it called, spring onions. Okay, and you just put that onto the stove, bring it to the boil, mix it all together, fry your chicken pieces, which are in the, mm. uh, what's it called? I'm lost for words. Skin. Uh, <laughs> the uh, sauce. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the batter. The batter <laughs> is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Age. Okay, and then you just fry it, take it out, and pour over your sauce. Sounds oh, amazing. No, it's so delicious. Sounds mm. amazing. Thank you, everybody, for joining us as we chatted about using leftovers in new and different ways and keeping your budget 
down. This is Adrian Bugatti and Sharon Lurie on the Essen Frasen Show.